hey, what do you say? It's Sporting Chance Podcast episode 79. We're back. Six or seven new coach. I've got new cards, a new beer, and some hockey equipment to talk about. Plus the drafts coming up. Yeah, that'll sum it up. So how about we get to it? Again, hey, hey, what do you say? I'm Matt Maratea. This is the Sporting Chance Podcast. This is the 79th Sporting Chance Podcast. And lead story obviously has to be... Well, I mean, it, I'm going to talk about Ivan Provorov in a bit. And I just want to touch on Nick Nurse first. I think it's a very good start for the Philadelphia 76ers to have brought him in as a coach, right? He took a team in the Toronto Raptors who were equipped for the playoffs but didn't necessarily have, you know, superstars coming out of the Raptors. They had a Kawhi Leonard, right, who was a top five player in the league that year. And then they had Pascal Siakam, an emerging star, but not, you know, a world beater, right, role players like Fred Van Fleet, uh, you know, they had Kyle Lowry involved. It was, you know, more than enough. And he was able to take that squad and create something, uh, you know, usable from it. And not just usable, but championship caliber. So, yeah, and they ended up beating a, an incredible Warriors team, right? Obviously, there's the whole, you know, KD of it all. But I digress. Nick Nurse is still a very good coach. A guy who will bring new ideas to the table, wants to work well, emphasizes defense. Right, Whereas Doc Rivers, it seemed like he could not really care uh, about anything other than what he did and how his system worked. And you know, it was clear that that system was tired and, well, not going to work for, you know, this level of basketball, this NBA generation, if you will. So he's out the door, and Nick Nurse is in. But that's, uh, you know, the Sixers. Um, Obviously, the Philadelphia Flyers have some uh, a lot going on, right? Phillies, I mean, we can touch on them for a minute. Uh, They are playing a lot better as of late. Um, You know, another late game today against the Diamondbacks. Um, But they're starting to heat up. You know, it's as the weather warms, they seem to warm up to the task. Um, Hopefully, they, they keep going. You know, Bryson Stott is playing incredibly well right now. Kyle Schwarber looks to be officially back. Um, you know, Alec Bohm isn't too too far away from getting back into you know the lineup. Uh, Bryce Harper swinging the bat. They're still eight and a half back in the division, which I think is a little too much. But with the Mets floundering, Washington quickly falling out of it, Miami will only stay up for so long. 
it's sort of <coughs> trying to keep pace with Atlanta for as long as you can. In terms of the wild card, they have you know, a pretty good position, right? Only two and a half back, never too early to start watching. But in terms of just the overall stats, right? Schwarber, 18 home runs is great. RBIs, uh, Nick Castellanos and Alec Bohm tied with 41. Castellanos is having that bounce back year. That, I mean, 316 is even, I think, above where we imagine he'd be hitting Bryson Stott, still clinging to 300. Brendan Marsh still playing well. JT Realmuto seems to be out of a funk that he's been in uh, uh, for a decent portion of the season. And it's uh, we're waiting on Trey Turner. Right, Trey Turner is mm, two forty nine is not enough. I know, I know, I know that it'll get better, but still, it, it, it hurts to see that from him because you know he's going to be better than that. And I, I got to give you know, a guy like uh, Cody Clemens, right, and Mundo Sosa. Those are two guys who have played a little more than I think they imagined they were going to play this portion of the season, who have been able uh, to do rather respectable uh, during their times in the lineup. So that's nice to see the bench seems to be in a better place than it's been for for a pretty, pretty long time. And uh, Garrett Stubbs is a good player. I really like him as a catcher. I hope that they can figure out a way to keep him around sort of keep him happy because I think he's a really great compliment to JT Realmuto but you know Phillies are okay they need to keep up because as of late right they've you know, they've done very well right uh, you know they've won let's see very well recently, right? It's, you know, they lost to the Mets and the Nationals opening the month, right? But then they willed off one, two, three, four, five, six wins, right? Lost again to the Dodgers, got another win, lost to D-backs, another win. It's a much better uh, pattern and pace that they've been up on as of late. So hopefully they can keep that going on. Um, other than that, uh, we can move on to the Flyers, who, first off, uh, Valerie Camillo has moved away from the team, and, you know, I'm not sure what that exactly means. But huh, it happens. Uh, they've decided to go a different direction. I think he's more of a. Uh, I think she's, you know, it was a business decision, and I mean literally business. But uh, you know, now we're in a scenario where Ivan Provorov has been traded. Who would have thought that would happen? Uh, but yeah, he's the first guy out of the Danny Briere, Keith Jones error. 
Um, you really don't see trades happen this often, but why not? Uh, Ivan Provorov and Kevin Connaughton to Columbus in return for the Blue Jackets. 2023 first-round pick, 22nd overall. A conditional second-round selection in either 2024 or 2025. The Kings, yes, Los Angeles Kings, 2024 second-round pick. Cal Peterson, goalie, backup AHL body. And Sean Walker, serviceable, sometimes seven, you know, Kevin Connaughton-type defenseman. And then defensive prospect, Helg Grants. Kings are retaining a portion of Provorov's salary, 30%. Um, well, we don't really see... Uh, obviously, Danny Briere comes out a winner here. He made a big splash move, and he got out of uh, you know, a, a two-year, $6.75 million contract. Um, you know... Got rid of Kevin Connaughton, Hayden Hodgson, sort of extra pieces to make the whole deal stick. Those are AHL guys, bodies. Um, you know, Ivan Prover wasn't exactly thrilled with the rebuild, but, you know, he was a guy who <sighs> was playing first pair of minutes and was getting pounded over and over, right? He just was getting demolished night in night out by first lines he, there's no suitable partner for him and no way that the flyers are going to put someone there for him uh, so it's not eh, what are you going to do right Sean Walker depth defenseman brings back 2.65 million but eh, what are you going to do 4 million dollars it's you know some wiggle room and his contract comes off the books at the end of next year. And now we've got 10 picks in the 2023 draft, including number seven and number 22. Um, you know, some of the other veterans are still staying in Philly. We'll see. Uh, I think they're now firmly put on notice. Uh, and, you know, when you look at a guy like Helgi Grants, I guess is, well, he's Swedish, which, of course, um, but he's a guy who has been pretty good with the Ontario Reign, um, you know, did pretty well with the Swedish Hockey League, uh, was a high draft pick, second round, 35th overall. Uh, so we figure he's a guy who, you know, could at some point see some time right-handed defenseman, which always helps. Um, but, uh, you know, is he a guy that cracks the lineup one day? I don't know, but maybe he's a guy who, um, you know, you can, in some ways groom or in other ways sort of figure out uh, I don't know you can figure out if he's going to be a real top level defenseman uh, over time but again you have the time for that 
So that's the that's the beauty and the pain of a rebuild. Why not try them, right? It's you know you have the time to do so. Uh, unfortunately. Anyway, um, moving on to some draft prospects, but I'm going to pour my beer first. Uh, just overall with the trade and, you know, Danny Breer, Keith Jones, I think it was a good move. Cracking the can, by the way. Um, I like that they didn't wait. I think they saw an opportunity. They got an additional first round pick, which is huge. Other than that, I you know, had no real issues with it. I, and the beer of the week, by the way, that we're talking about in reverse order, post pour, is the Ship Bottom Brewery uh, Mango Tart. Now, this Mango Tart uh, is a fruit wheat ale, 4.5% alcohol by volume, one pint. And what's more summer than a mango wheat ale? Zesty, tart, and with a lively finish, mango tart is perfectly refreshing for brilliant summer days. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, frankly. Mango is a great summer fruit. Goes well in beer, drinks, water ice, and the whole nine. But now, uh, talking Flyers draft prospects. Uh, there's sort of two that I'm really looking at. And right now, I sort of have my eye on two guys that I think could be in the mix. Uh, there's a couple others. I'm only going to highlight two at the moment. Maybe I'll get to some others next week. But uh, Dalbor Dorowski, uh, who is Swiss. Uh, oh, no. SLV. Slovakian, excuse me. No. Yeah. Uh, 6'1", 210-pound. Uh, left-handed center. He plays in the Swedish Pro League. Uh, last season, 38 games, 8 goals, 14 points. And then David Reinbacher, big Austrian, 6'2", 185, defenseman, right-handed, playing the Swiss League. Uh, 46 games played, uh, something like 8-ish points, something like that. Um... So, we'll see. Uh, this guy, Dvorovsky. Uh, so, decent prototypical size, right? 6'1", 201 pounds. Uh, center, right? And he projects out to be sort of that second level center, which is a position that I think the Flyers tend to struggle with. You can get a good center. You can get a medium center. You know, those third-line centers, uh, first-line centers, right? Everybody knows what they look like. But the second-line center position seems to elude them. You need a guy who's good enough but not too good or not too skilled or not defensively deficient. 
so it can be a bit of a challenge trying to place uh, you know uh, someone exactly in that spot. Um, Dvorsky sort of seems to fit in there due to the projections, right? You look at a guy like Bob McKenzie who says that, and you tend to believe him, right? And then you have your comparison, right? His comparable pro, they say, is Mikhail Backlund. Now, Backlund has been in the league uh, 908 games, right? Originally uh, drafted by Calgary in the first round, you know, 24th overall. And, you know, it took a while, but... Uh, you know, he's his best season ever, his last season at 56 points, 19 goals, 37 assists. You know, he's broken the, the 20 goal mark two or three times. Uh, he's gotten some Selkie voting, uh, too, finishing as high as fourth one year. Uh, you know, tends to, to play most of the year, stays relatively healthy. Um, you know, his average is a little bit closer to, you know, 45 points a year, 47. That's okay. Right? You know, he plays 18 minutes a night. He's played 908 games in the NHL. He's got 492 points. Right? He's plus 66. I mean, it's... Positive Corsi numbers, positive zone. You need these guys. This is the type of player, right? A Mikhail Backlund type who is made up of good team, right? Good teams have these guys on them. They're consistent, right? They will do their jobs. They will chip in, right? They're able to play in different parts of the lineup. You can move them around. Uh, having a Mikhail Backlund on your team is never a negative, right? It's absolutely a win if you can find this kind of player. The question is, at seven, do you draft a second liner? Right? That's that's sort of the thing. Like, is this is Dvorsky a guy who maybe projects to fall? Like, if you get this guy at twenty-two, flat out great pick, fantastic. You're excited. You think it's a steal. This is great. Getting him at seven. Mm, then the expectations come, right? He's a top 10 pick. What's going on here? Why is he capped out at, you know, 50 points a year, 50, 60? Right? That's when the issues start to occur. Uh, but, you know, Dabrowski, his game is good, solid, can pass, can shoot, can skate. There's no real holes. It's just, where's that? Is there a higher end to him? We don't know. And then we're looking at another prospect, the one I previously mentioned, David Reinbacher. Now, he is more interesting to me because he is a defenseman, 6'2", right-handed. Flyers desperately need right-handed defensemen. Um, and Reinbacher seems to fill a role, uh, you know, for right-handers, but also, um, you know, solid, not flashy. He could be, you know, a second-pair guy or... A, a more shut down member of a first pairing who, you know, holds down uh, a more offensive player, right? Protects them, makes sure that they can do their job, right? And, you know, we've seen that from him. Very solid, right? Austrian player, 
has played at the highest levels in world juniors, playing pro over in Europe, always a plus. And his comparison goes out to Adam Larson. Uh, Larson, obviously long-term uh, devil, right? And then became Kraken, 6'3", 209, right? St. Reinbacker, 6'2", 185. He'll gain a little weight, presumably, as he gets older. But Larson was a first-round pick. Went again, fourth overall. So his offensive numbers haven't exactly been quite up to snuff with, you know, 767 games and only 195 points. But underlying, right, his time on ice totals, right, averaged 23 and a half minutes this year, typically, you know, around a 21, 22-minute guy. Uh, Corsi 4 is right around 50%. It tends to draw those tougher matchups. Um, You know, still chipped in 33 points this year. Um, you know, he's grown certainly into a role with being able to provide assists, right? Chip in with a couple goals, uh, since he's gotten to the Seattle, um, since he's gone to the Kraken, he's chipped in a little more offensively, uh, but he's also taken on slightly bigger roles. Um, you know, his time on ice, bumped up the last two seasons, nobody blocks, 150 shots, you know, 140 shots a year, right? He'll notch, you know, 200-something hits for you. Uh, He'll have more takeaways than giveaways, maybe, hopefully. Again, he's a guy who's put together a 12-year career, right? New Jersey, Edmonton, Seattle. Again, another first-round pick if he's 22, you know, it's a wow. I can't believe we found that. That's fantastic. Again, at seven, you get that temptation. You 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 ideally want more. You want more of a flashier offensive game. You want to see if something there develops. But I, I, I'm not going to go out and say that these are can't miss prospects. But I think they're picks that you won't miss on. You know, which. Again, different kind of player, right? This is a won't-miss pick rather than a can't-miss kid. right? You pick either of these guys, you're probably going to be safe. You're probably going to have a good player. But I don't think you're going to have anybody who's putting butts in seats, selling jerseys, exciting you know, the folks at home. But if either one of these guys falls, if they can move 22 up, pick one of these guys after 7, uh, I think they really got something. So these are two people to have on the radar for that second pick, should they stay or should they move? Both of these guys, I think, become targets. Now, I want to steer uh, into a different gear uh, very briefly um, and talk about huh. you know, I think I'll save the, the training reviews. No. I won't. Uh, I'll do them and then I'll, I'll talk about, I'll eventually make videos to go with it. But there are these products that I've been using, right, in part of my hockey coaching, you know, thing and then working out my own stuff uh, off the ice, not only for drills, but for, you know, practices and my own upkeep of skills and, 
you know, the crazy dreams, you know, that whole sort of thing. Um, the, the gel sticks. Um, this is something that I've been using. I'll talk about it more in an, in an effect when I get a... But uh, essentially, uh, we have gel sticks and then we have Xenopox. So gel sticks is a weighted training stick. So it can be used on and off the ice, which I think is great. Um, that's kind of my gripe with a lot of wood sticks. I would never use them on the ice. This one I can use on the ice. It feels a little more natural. Um, now the thing about gel sticks is it's just filled with a gel. And that makes it heavier. How much heavier? So typical hockey stick weighs 450 grams, right? About a pound. Uh, this one is 1,100 grams, so nearly two and a half pounds. So double the weight and then a little extra, and you really feel it over time. Uh, you notice it the moment you pick it up, and as you carry it around, you use it, you stick handle. It's noticeable, right? there. Your forearms, your wrists, your shoulders, elbows, all of it right, starts to register with you. I think it's a really interesting aid for people who want that extra burn, who want to you know, work uh, some resistance, but want it to feel natural. Right, that's the thing, right? Weighted pucks, wrist weights, stick weights, uh, it, it can hinder the natural movement. This, it's just the stick, it's the actual tool. So once you've mastered that, then, you know, this is just the different weight, then you have uh, something I think is really effective. So I would recommend gel sticks heartily. Um, and then Xenopucks, right? a standard six ounce puck, right? Patented material allows for sliding across all surfaces and it can be shot. So I've used these out on the concrete. They're usually terrible for pucks and it, it slides. It works exactly as advertised, right? It's like a puck, looks like a puck, feels like a puck, moves like a puck on ice with most, most surfaces, right? If you have something that's crappy and dingy yeah you know it's still gonna bounce just like choppy ice but if you have a smoother surface if you have concrete wood carpet gym floor if you have concrete if you have isomalt well you know whatever you put on a garage floor anything it moves and it can you know it hold up holds up to shots so that's pretty pretty, pretty great um still same outs uh, same size, same weight as a puck. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't buy this uh, if you're serious about practicing hockey. Now, um, again, I'm going to try to make some videos to go with that. Uh, but, I went to Peddler's Village, which means I went to Colt's Collectibles, right? And Colt has an awesome selection here. So I ended up buying three things and some sleeves. Never forget to keep yourself in sleeves. Always buy as many sleeves as you can. Every time you go to a card store, buy sleeves. First one I picked up was a Dell Ennis uh, Auto Card. This is a, a Hit Parade of Champions uh, from when he made the All-Star team as a member of the Phillies in, say, 1952 card. Um, it's 
a Burt card, uh, and it's, I mean, it's really old, and it's square, but it, it gives you that feel like that good old American boy, Del Ennis, right? He was a, a foundational Philly in nine, in the 1950s, um, you know, all-star, very good player. He was one of those, um, uh, how do I... Yeah, he, he was one of those players that just uh, tended to be a, a huge part of teams and, and eventually in Philly's history. Sorry, my video went out. Uh-oh. But yeah, uh, and then the other, Richie Ashburn. Now, this one is from uh, 19... 19- 50, I think it's 56. Um, but, you know, Whitey Ashburn, one of the most legendary announcers for the Phillies. Um, you know, fantastic player. Gold Glover. Um, you know, great batting average. Uh, never a huge home run guy, but what are you going to do? And a, a really a fantastic fielder. Right, fielding percentage of right, for his career on this card, nine eighty four. Right, that's yeah, uh, in his career, right, uh, one thousand one hundred seventy nine games as current on this card. Right, he had made maybe fifty nine errors. Right, he's averaging an error. At an astoundingly low rate, right? He's going hundreds of games between errors. Uh, so, yeah. And then a set that I just picked up because, of course, this set is the 1993 limited edition Yoohoo baseball set. Right, that is Tom Seaver on a Yoohoo baseball card. <laughs> yeah, right? Yoohoo, fantastic chocolate drink, and these are fantastic retro players. Now, obviously, Tom Seaver on the back, cool. Kind of the front, Yogi Berra. That is who attracted me. I'm on a bit of a mission to try to get every Yogi Berra card that there is. I'd love that to be a complete set of mine. So, now that I have a 1993 Yahoo Baseball set, <laughs> that's one I can check off the list. <laughs> and I already put all of these into Colex. Well, at least I put the Tom Seaver card from the Yahoo set, and it almost paid for it. So, I should be up at the end of the day from my purchases. Right? Go me! Uh, anyway, this... Ship bottom mango tart is very good. Uh, it's light, it's fruity, it's delicious. On a hot day, it would be even better. Um, I can see drinking copious amounts of these at 4.5%. You would be able to. Um, it's a little thin, could have a little more wheat to it. And the smell is off. The smell is just a tad funky going in I think it was the product of the yeast but 
the taste is really really good right 4.5 out of 10 uh that's all i have for today um stay tuned for more draft analysis um more ups and downs in Phillies land hopefully the flyers next big move uh and whatever's next to come for the sixers eagles any other various philly things training hockey beer and here's to it all you can find me at the sporting chance podcast at sporting chance pod twitter and instagram and maritea22 on instagram matthew maritea on twitter um yeah if you can find those you can find everything else i do cheers